0: Welcome to No Man's Land, brought to you by Tennis Zone Plus, Washington, D.C.'s premier tennis retailer. All
1: right, guys, welcome into No Man's Land Tennis Podcast. ATP Finals wrapped up today. Medvedev team. Medvedev. The Russian. I mean, he was not my pick to win this, Freddie. He was not my pick, but unbelievable. He played unbelievable tennis, especially in the last two matches. Um, congrats to the Russian.
0: Thoughts on uh, your comment the other week on him having a down year, <laughs> and he wins Paris Masters and ATP Finals back to back.
1: Well, there's only. I mean, he must have heard me. Like he heard I me. Guess. Somebody got he's our, active
0: on social media. Somebody
1: got our soundbite and sent it to him. Yeah. Because look what happened. I said I think what I said was. Rublev has taken everything that guy's working for, and what happens? Rublev what wins one match in the round robin, and then Medvedev won every match he played this week. So you can only credit it to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, pr- pretty impressive stuff. Um, beating the Nadal. top three yeah. players in the world: Beating Nadal, Djokovic, Djokovic, and Dominic Team. Yeah, I. What does BG call Team?
1: Home team. He calls home him team. home team.
0: Mm, home <laughs> team. Took him out.
1: Look, he proved me wrong. I picked team to win in straight sets, and team, he had chances to win in straight sets. He won the first mm-hmm. set 6-4, and, you know, a tough second set. But, look, Medvedev's a comeback kid all week.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's here to stay, and I think these this last three-week span was him. Because, like you you had a good argument the other week. Like, he, he sort of... He, he wasn't doing what he had done before he still he was impressive but I, I don't know he wasn't at that same almost robotic level he was at the year before and he sort of heard the haters and proved everybody wrong and said I'm here I'm not going anywhere I mean he he just picked up 1500 points like he's he's top of the rankings for at least the next year
1: oh the best are the celebrations though did you see the end Wait, he just yeah Jordan shrugged.
0: It doesn't even matter. It doesn't, like, it doesn't even matter. matter. What what would Djokovic have done? Ripped open the shirt and roared to all seven people in the stands? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Well, uh, other players in the tournament, Zverev. Somebody flashed a stat that he, his record against, is it against the top guy? I think it's against Medvedev. Team and Sitsipas. I think that was the yeah, one yeah it was those three so kind of the other three guys in his same age bracket and top of the game top eight in the world he was one in 11 against them I'm pretty sure dating
1: back to like 2018 I yeah, think yeah
0: in the last like two and a half years
1: so that leads me to ask the question is, is Zverev a fraud? is he a fraud?
0: yeah I don't, I don't know I don't like um, to use
1: the F word like that but like guy might be a fraud yeah he, he should have won the US Open he choked it away, and now he. What well, you have these up and coming? They're not up and coming. I mean, team to team to me is like, Vavrinka status almost. Yeah. And then like Medvedev has won two Masters right, and he's already kind of there. An insane year last year. Um, dude, he's got to deal with these guys.
0: My thing with Medvedev is, I mean, with Zverev, is, he, how can you be that good and you don't have a second serve? like no one that's been that good has a, has this big of a double faulting problem and i it, it's it's mental at this point the guy's 66 like and he has and he has a cannon of a serve how can you not just hit a kick serve in the box i don't i don't know so fraud maybe maybe not but i think this will be i think for him this off season's going to be more important than anybody else on tour because of his off court stuff having a break For i mean they they play a lot of tennis after not playing a lot of tennis in the beginning of the year. And so mentally and physically, I think, yeah, and, for him. And
1: don't get me wrong. like He won, what what was that, uh, Colm back-to-back? Like, he's oh, not yeah. – I mean, he's here too. But I think when it comes down to those big-time matches, like, he's not the guy I'm going to choose. Like, I remember a match he played in Miami against, uh, against Kyrgios. And the winner of that played Federer in the final, I think – back when it was in Biscayne, and Kyrgios beat him in three, and we know Kyrgios' mental state isn't, like, the greatest. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there, especially going into the next year.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of question marks, or I guess lack lack thereof, Nadal never won the ATP finals. I, what do you think of that? <laughs>
1: All right, first thing I want to start with is last week or whenever we played two weeks ago I think when we were at Paris Masters. Yeah. Never won the Paris Masters. Never won the Paris Masters. And then you follow that up with he's never won the ATP World Tour Final, So I don't know what it is if you just can't it's not clay obviously. <laughs> but yeah. it's indoor, I mean indoor hard court is I don't know I don't know like Federer's won it 6 times I think. Mm-hmm. Djokovic has won it five or six times. Yep. Yeah. Can you say he's the GOAT if he's never won the ATP Finals? Yeah. like I, I...
0: Yeah. I mean, this is the argument somebody poses to me. They said the, the GOAT debate really has to come down to you take away the top slam from each of these guys, uh, the three guys, Novak, Roger, and Rafa, and you take away their top slam, and then you compare. And if you take away... Nadal's top slam, that's 13 slams gone. Now let's compare.
1: He's got six then. He's got 20. He has 20. He has seven others. Yeah.
0: I mean... Federer has eight at Wimbledon.
1: He has 20 total. Yeah. So what is Djokovic at?
0: Djokovic at 17. If you take away his six Australian Opens. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Federer are pretty close. Yeah. Then you talk about, okay, Novak has all of the... Masters, masters crowns blah blah blah. Federer, year I don't finals. really, I don't
1: really buy into that whole mass If you have the most Masters, you're the best player in the world. I don't buy that. Um, I just, I just don't. I think that Novak is backloading everything right now because the best players of all time are older now, and they're not gonna play Rome and Madrid and all these tournaments that like are gonna take a huge toll on your body. So I think, and and like, come on let's go to Cincinnati and let's go to Montreal or whatever, Toronto, like that's a Novak tournament. Like, like that's a Novak. That's a Medvedev tournament. Nadal's going to mm-hmm. give everything he has on a 500 in Rio. If he plays it like, like it's just, it's just your preparation for what you're aiming for. Like Federer and Nadal this kind of contradicts the argument. I think that they're the goats because of what they do when they need to. Is that like Novak's kind of like consistent, and and, he, and I think he's kind of back ending like his, he's getting all these tournaments because yeah, these guys you could, are playing stuff.
0: You could say Novak does what he does when he needs to because he needed to make the quarters of Sofia, and then he lost to Lorenzo Sonego. Like he does what he needs to. He has that switch on and off. Uh, it's just food, food for thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I just think it's it's funny that. Nadal has never won this tournament. He's played it all these years. He's qualified how many years in a row, and he hasn't won.
1: I thought this could have been his year.
0: We've had five new champions in the last five years, 2016 till now. Yeah. Can you name them?
1: Yeah, I can, actually.
0: All right, go. 2016. Sits best? 2016. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I thought you were going with 2019. No. 2016 might have been Dimitrov. Then you have... Sitsipas was last year, and yep. then you had Zverev, one, uh, the year before. Ooh, Jugovic was one of them.
0: No,
1: you talking about new, new? Yeah,
0: new champion. We've had we've had five. You just got him.
1: There's three. Yeah. Murray. No. Not Murray.
0: Dimitrov. Zverev.
1: Sitsipas. Sitsipas, Sitsipas Medvedev.
0: Medvedev. And who's the fifth one?
1: you just blank, too?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was hoping you have it. <laughs> I don't have it? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't Maybe know. You're going to have to chop this one up. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> God. Yeah, I guess it was Andy Murray, 2016, in his home in London. But let's move on from the grandstand. This week's question... From a fan favorite. We've got okay, so going off Federer recently stating that he will only play until he feels like he can't win a major anymore. How long do you think realistically he can play and where is he gonna end his career?
1: Okay, so I go to well, okay. So I'm going to the 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 history books here. Jimmy Connors was how old when he played his last US Open? Forty one? Yeah. And he made what? Didn't he make a wasn't he old and he like made a yeah, he late made a course run? run? Yeah, like yeah.
0: he made a run in like one of his last better runs.
1: is like ten times the player that Jimmy Connors is. So that's a hot take, but no one's here to debate it. So I'm gonna run with it. Dude.
0: Let's get Jimmy on. Look, <laughs>
1: look. He can play for probably another two years at a competitive level. I think that if he plays to forty years old, he'll still end the year in the top ten. I I think that he's in the World Tour Finals next year.
0: Have we seen any any signs of like uh, – other than, yeah, okay, he's had, uh, the guy just he's had to have two injuries. like Have we seen any signs of his level dropping when he's when he's healthy? No. Like, so he I don't just, think he is, it's in he, terms of age. I just think as long as he doesn't have another sort of freak knee thing yeah. or, ba- or back. And and maybe that is just coming with age and he's going to phase out by He's playing, he's he's by playing a lot
1: shorter points these days though. Yes. He is
0: it's just the game style like the the fast courts that's that's what he wants that's why he sits out the clay season there's no point to go play that like why why especially if he's having these bodily injuries like there's there's no reason to go put that stress on your body
1: it's kind of cool to see uh like the young fed that was serving and volleying go full circle and like be the old fed you know serving and volleying on his way out of his uh of his career uh but to the back end of that uh back end of that question where will he retire i think there's only there's only two obvious uh like locations for me and it would either be
0: i've got the first washington (laughs) dc
1: yeah he's never played here he's never played here here. he's well okay in here in 1960 99 99 (laughs) dude imagine if federal came here and retired
0: when he had his man bun and was throwing tantrums on the court and then never came back. Well, anyway, D.C. is not going to be the
1: location. So it's going to be either Wimbledon, and then they're going to, like, name the center court after him. Hot take. And then <laughs> that or um, Basel. It has to be the Basel indoors.
0: Isn't that stadium already called, like, Roger Federer court or something? Yeah, yeah, it is. Isn't, I think it is. Right? Yeah, Roger Federer Arena Yeah, something?
1: but I think that'll probably be it. Unless he like goes out on top and makes a World Tour Finals and then plays a World Tour Finals and and then that's that. Yeah. But he's not gonna go. To, he's not gonna retire the French. That's for sure. And he's not gonna retire at uh, the U.S. Open. Like it has to be Wimbledon.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, I I think he's he's not gonna retire when he's like like he said like if as long as he's still competing for a major and he's at the top of the game, which in my eyes is like a top ten player he's not going to retire so in that case he's going to end it he won't end it at the world tour finals because if he's not retiring he, if he's only going to retire when he's not competing for a slam he can choose whenever because like he's not making it to the end I of hope the year. it's
1: not abrupt. I hope it's a thing where he just like doesn't want to play tennis anymore and he wants to be like a father and all that stuff and get on with the rest of his life. So I hope he like kind of announces it at the beginning of the year that this is going to be his last year on tour. Sort of like a like a Kobe Bryant type thing. Yeah. That would be cool, because then you go to every tournament, and every tournament's like a celebration of the game, a celebration of the king. Like, that that, that, that would be cool.
0: I think, yeah, I I think it would be harder sort of going through a year not knowing, and then you get to the end, and it's like, is he just going to call it quits, or what's going to happen? Like, that would suck, yeah. That would
1: shatter us.
0: I know. So, I'm with you. I hope he comes out, and he's like, this is going to be my last Australian Open, I'm going to finish out the year, this is my schedule just like makes the rounds to every tournament even if he's not playing he just like comes and hangs out what if, he, somewhere. What, if, what if
1: he what if he doesn't play the french in his last year he won't he won't. the french open he won the tournament bro he's got to play that tournament you
0: you heard daryl it's dog. Is, a dog tournament. <laughs> that's what roger thinks of that tournament that's why he oh, sat it out so many times god Alright, let's jump into this week's interview with Jai Corbett. Jai's coming to us live from Melbourne, Australia. He just played in the UTR Australian summer circuit that they're having to finish up the year. Here's Jai. Uh, how's
1: how's how's lockdown these days?
2: Um, no more lockdown, mate. Just uh just got back, just spending a couple of days down here. Had to pull out of the second tournament, unfortunately, but um, played Kokonakis again And then had to pull out Oh you played him again? And I got pulled in the same Pretty much the same pool As last week So
1: That's uh, pretty nuts To like not play competitively For a while and then just come back And have like Kokonakis straight on
2: Last, last like pro match Was the week before I was open, the challenger that I played um, In January <laughs>
0: Did you did you like know all those guys growing up?
2: Um I knew Cock pretty well. I played him a few times under 14s and um yeah, under 14s and under 12s we played a lot. Uh, he was pretty good back then and then I think under 16s he like I think under 16s is when he made uh was open final against Kyrios. Right. Um so he just got real tall and just fucking like started playing real well, but um yeah, knew Boucher, knew Jessica, trained with Jessica a bit when he was younger as well.
1: Um, who else is there? But well, Jessica knows who you are now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the old man of that group. <laughs> I, I am.
1: I am. I'm the
2: oldest one. There's a couple of guys there that are um, like Grillsy, Jacob Grills. I've known him for ages. Played like swells with him, and he's he's doing pretty well. And yeah, but
1: so so what's so what's coming up? I mean, I saw that they are having some issues with sort of like the the start of the summer or start of the Australian summer down there. Or, or does how's that affect you?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, there's only a couple. There's a Premier League thing coming up next weekend, uh, which is like a club competition that we played last year, and a lot of good players play like. I think Mark Polmans is going to play and um, Harry Boucher and all those guys will probably play it. Um, Alex Bolt played last year. I played him last year and Luke Saville, Andrew Harris. So all the good guys um, play this club competition. And and then there's another UTR, I think, in the second week of December. And that, that's all we really know that's going on right now. Um, yeah. The rest is kind of up in the air a little bit, which is a bit annoying because you like to know what to train for, and um, yeah, but uh
1: I'm trying to remember what they had last year. So they had, I guess, New Zealand had Auckland, and then they had, then they'd moved to what Sydney, and but there were some challengers in Canberra.
2: Yeah, there was there was one in Canberra, and then one in Bendigo. But I think it got they got moved to both in Bendigo because we had some pretty bad um, fires here. Right. Uh, and the smoke was too bad in Canberra, I think. So that's that's the last tournament I played, the Bendigo one. Um, but I, I don't even know if they're doing that. Um, I haven't heard a word as of yet. But, yeah, they had the whole ATP Cup and everything for the guys now. And, um, I don't know, I think they're they're wanting to try and do that all in Melbourne, from what I've heard, and then try and keep the players here until, like, mid-February and just play tournaments and... Make a reason for them to come out and actually stay and quarantine and that. And, but yeah, I think the government's playing a bit of hardball at the moment. Don't doesn't want another outbreak.
1: Yeah, Is, would would you be like around for that? Uh, like if the Australian Open and the Australian Summer were like all the like the 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 ATP level tournaments, would you be like around for those tournaments just on location, or would you be playing your own matches?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably be. I'll probably be around I'll probably chuck my name in and see what tournaments I can get into Um, I don't know how many players will come over or it could be a few vacancies so um, you never know I'm just going to chuck chuck my name in see what I can get in and um, just train until then I guess
0: yeah man uh, with these UTR tournaments I saw they were playing a bunch of them like all over Australia like when I was going on to watch some of your matches there was like one in Sydney and they're they playing them these other places are they like what's the deal with all that
2: I don't know I think it's just part of TA's uh, plan to try and get us playing some matches since we haven't like the Aussie guys haven't really played at all this year haven't been able to travel and I know for the guys in Melbourne we've been locked down for Ton like, I don't know, 15 weeks or something overall, and um, hardly been able to play anything. So I think it's just for us to get some matches in, get a bit of money. And um, yeah, I think I saw today the Brisbane one. I think Bernard Tomic's playing it. So they're getting some good plays. And um, no, some
1: no. Big match me, so. is he going to be playing or is he going to be like playing? Right. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
0: Hey, I, I bet this lockdown's treat him well. He's probably play, he's probably been training the hardest he's ever trained his life.
2: <laughs> I don't know. There's been a few news articles out lately. Um, uh, I don't know what he's been
1: doing. Oh, yeah. there, we gotta check that, Fred. There's some news articles
0: out. Uh, yeah. Some about like he was he's focused on like his Ferraris and all that stuff as opposed to uh, I don't know, maybe, like playing tennis or something. I, I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'd have a look at it yourselves, but uh, I'm not going to mention anything. But yeah,
0: i will look at it yourselves. Well, like going back to the the tournament, the UTR stuff, like how do you get – did you get selected for that or did you put your name in a pool and they were like, okay, we'll take this guy or what?
2: Um, They – we got sent an email. Uh, We kind of knew that they were going to plan some, but um, it it happened pretty quickly. We only got – I mean – I only got let out of lockdown probably about four or five weeks ago um, and I was able to start hitting again. And then about two weeks into hitting, they tried, they said there's a UTR coming up in a couple of weeks. So um, we all put our, we just put our names in and then um, it was pretty tight you know, only eight people were playing. So six direct um, just off UTRs and uh, two wildcards. So, I snuck in the first two at number six. Um, and then, yeah. And then um, yeah, two wild cards afterwards. So, um, I mean, yeah, just uh, there was a few guys put in. I think there was like 20 or 25 guys that put in for it. So, uh, I think everyone just wants to play matches and uh, get back. Yeah, what's
1: that, what's that UTR sitting at right now? Jeez, mate. Um,
2: I think... Last I saw it, it was like thirteen two, thirteen two something.
1: But yeah, same
2: after last week, those results uh, could be <laughs> pushing it down a little bit. But, uh,
0: you gotta bump those numbers up. Come on, yeah, I know they're rookie numbers. Um, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, my UTR is not even on the map, so you're good. No, you have one, man. Everyone has one, yeah. I mean, call my team up. With.
0: Has got one, but there's only been one match on there, and the last little bit, it's when he lost a breaker to Sophia Thompson.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, but it was it was. Rumor right. has it that she's a like a fourteen, so and it was a competitive set. So I'm like at a thirteen.
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's no, she's a, she's a fourteen, but like with the decimal point before that's like point one four. So you're a point one three because Daryl yeah, right. would say it was a competitive match. It wasn't that a. Disc- right. That'll get aired for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, surely they're counting your uh, intermural matches that you had all the boys down and oh, watching. Who was that guy that? Oh, the I don't know. know but His name was I think, he, think it was, was
0: Chris
1: before. Lee, maybe. Look, uh, if you're out what, there listening. <laughs> if he played me now, that's an O and O dub for Coley.
2: Man, he could have been training. He had you, man. He had you on the road.
1: I was he was training because we would play there and he would play there. Yeah, I would play there every once in a while and that kid would be hitting every single day. But dude, if I'm playing sick right now.
0: Yeah, but if everyone's walking out there with two Papa John's pizzas and a sixer, and everyone's out there watching you, I don't the pressure's different, Cole. Nah, you
1: remember that first return? Slap winner. You remember that. I, the boys were rowdy. I was. I had everybody in. Just no, I just had no consistency. I, I think I was cramping.
0: Well, <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> the intramural match. Well, we're we'll, we're gonna dive into intramural tennis in a bit because we uh, in the next episode uh, we're gonna have to talk to Amerigo Contini. He won the intramural doubles at Virginia Tech. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's good. Oh my gosh, dude. Come on. <laughs> Jai uh you were talk you talked a bit about like Bendigo last year talk a little bit about like the-, the grind of getting in these tournaments I know that you like don't really know until like last minute and then you have to like haul it to these tournaments I know that you I think you told me last year like you kind of missed one because you were like not in the area and but they told you like last minute that you got in
2: yeah um Oh, I was pretty lucky. There's there's a few that you just kind of chuck your name in, and you got to literally just watch the acceptance list, and they update them. Um, yeah, every every couple of minutes, um, you just got to really, really just keep your eye on it. The one in Bendigo at the start of this year, I was I was out, and I think I was meant to compete on the Monday, and I got the call Saturday afternoon, um, and said that I was in. Um, and so I, I think it's about two hour drive to a, two and a bit hour drive from me. So I just hopped in the car and went down that Saturday afternoon and, um, hit Sunday and then, yeah, played, um, um, which was good. Um, but yeah, there was a couple that, you know, I chucked my name into a few of them, but I didn't chuck my name into, there was an Auckland one last year that, um, had like three buys. And if I chuck it was a like, uh, 250, if I chuck my name in, it would have been playing quality, so that would have been pretty cool. But um, yeah, you just gotta you just gotta be prepared to go anywhere, really. And um, I think that's what a lot of players do when they're overseas in Europe. It's pretty easy to travel. They just chuck a name in a lot of tournaments and pick the ones that are they they they're in main draw or they're closest to main draw, and they give it a go.
1: Yeah, you gotta stay on top of it. I guess that's kind of tough always be like locked in on it and just always be watching
2: yeah you just got, always got to be ready to play really and um gotta be pretty organized and ready to just you know ditch plans and make new ones pretty pretty often but um that's no, good
0: part of the grind exactly what are okay. like like when you when you drove to that place two and a half three hours on a saturday afternoon what's your accommodations when you get there do they don't put you up do they
2: uh, challenges, they do. Um, they help you out when you're playing challenges, which is pretty nice. Um, i sure tennis is so, putting you in the Ritz. No, nah, it wasn't the Ritz, mate. But it was uh, it was decent. It was decent. <laughs> but yeah, they, the challenges have you out. It's the futures that you've got to make most, mostly your own accommodations and it can be a bit tough, but the futures are a bit... Uh, you know, they're a bit easy to plan for because you kind of know... Um, about a week out or so, if you if you're going to be playing or not, um, the challenge is a bit. I don't know I think they're a little bit different. They change a little bit uh, quicker, and you know you just got to got to be ready. But yeah, driving up there, I was uh, I don't know I was pretty excited. Um, get another chance to play a challenger, and there was obviously a lot of good players. I think Cole Schreiber and I ended up playing a guy in the second round of main draw that Cabalas Buena, who was. Yeah. Like, 87, I think, at the time. Dude, that, uh,
1: guy, that guy beat Shapovalov this year. Yeah. At the French. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's because he got the experience from the lefty Corbett. Yeah, yeah.
2: I gave him a good hit earlier this year. That's why. Oh. Um, <laughs> good warm up. <laughs> uh, no, that's pretty cool. Like, it was a good opportunity. I feel it was my first top 100 guy that I was competing against. So, good experience. But,
1: yeah. Yeah. How's the And how's the body feeling going into the season? Just need, just need reps?
2: Yeah, mate. I was just, I mean, sitting on my bum for nine, ten weeks um, in this room, actually. It was pretty, didn't get myself, you know, in prime form. But it was a bit sore. Played about played five matches in six days. Um, and just the back wasn't having it. Uh, I wasn't too happy about it. But, you know, you can go for runs and stuff. But if you're not in the gym and you're not on court, it's a totally different fitness that you've got to be got to be ready for I feel like and I mean a lot of these guys are lucky enough to not do anything and just go out there and compete at a high level but um, I'm sure there's most of us that need the reps and um, need to be training at a high level to be able to compete and I think I found that out pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm so curious to see how Nick Kyrgios is going to be when he comes back on tour because I feel like all that guy is doing right now is just playing Call of Duty. Yeah.
2: No, I reckon. It, I reckon he'll be fine. I reckon he's one of those guys that can just go out there and still compete with anyone uh, on the day.
1: He's, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I bet you his card game. Doing
0: but... the uh, old El Paso. Don't, don't spill the burrito thing. Yeah, like, you know, he's he's been on court a little bit, but yeah. he's it's also a been. On- yeah. yeah. He's so. What are what are the odds we're we're gonna get to. Uh, Turn on ESPN 2 and see Jai Corbett on court 17 at the Australian Open.
2: I don't know, mate. We'll see uh, if the Australian Open goes ahead. Um, but, I mean, hopefully. I mean, that's a goal, mate. Either I don't know about this year, but that's the goal to next year to at least be playing qualies. You um, heard it
1: here first. That's a good goal. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: uh, um, that's always kind of been the goal to try and play. Qualities and you know, in your home slam, and then um, you know, hopefully try and get good enough to play main draw. But um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. Hopefully, I can pull something out.
1: And Jay Corbett and Joao Montero first round qualifiers,
2: yeah, or a little doubles action.
1: There you go.
0: I hope you caught me up for that, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
2: Uh, that'd be good. A few hokies competing, that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> oh. Right, what else you
0: got? Nah man, It's good. It's good to see good to see Jai in the flesh. Right now. <laughs> little bit of, little bit of sun on you after nine weeks inside. I know
2: mate. I know. My nose actually got killed. Killed by the sun, but so how's, how's, uh, how's your family doing? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I think it was... I think the lockdowns were tough on everyone, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not being able to go further than five kilometres from your house, hour for exercise. Um, shop, go to the supermarket once a day. I don't know. It was pretty rough. Um, I'm down the coast at the moment, so... Um, I know a lot of my, A lot of my mates were within the five k. They would went, go on some runs, you know, runs together and stuff like that, and we still got to see each other. But um, while well, Fred, you have been down Portsea, It's pretty, pretty secluded, and uh, you know, I don't know a whole lot of people down here, so it was a bit, a bit rough. But um, got to be able to spend, be able to spend some time with yourself. So, it's good.
1: <laughs> you remember getting your first point.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got it in uh, I was actually travelling with the big Geo Cartilage in um in Portugal, Castelo uh, Branco, which is uh, I think you guys might have heard of that place. But um, yeah, we were with Joao as well, but he he hated the place so much he left after the first tournament. Uh, <laughs> left me and Geo to fend for ourselves, and then um, we stayed there another two weeks and. The second tournament, I qualified and played Fred Gill. I think he was like 60 in the ATV uh, at one stage. Um, And I lost 7-6 in the third set tiebreaker and I was absolutely shattered. That was for my first point. Um, And then we ended up playing, like me and Jay were pretty close to like just getting out of there because we were so sick of the place. But we're like, oh, we're here. We'll play the next one. And I qualify again and I play the guy that won the tournament the week before. I get drawn against him. And I was like, oh, this is unbelievable. Um, and I end up beating him like 6-0 to get my first one. And um, that was actually a pretty awesome, <laughs> pretty awesome experience to get that. And now he's like doing really well. I think he's like top 200. He played both the US Open and the French Open this year. Um, Who is it? Yeah, he's he's taken off. Who is like it? Stra like me, I guess. Um, Benjamin Bonzi, he's a French dude.
0: Oh,
1: I've seen this guy. Yeah.
0: What What was worse, uh, Castello Branco or 15 weeks in quarantine by yourself in Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> Serious question. I, I don't know. The three weeks with Gio and Castello
2: Branco was uh, mentally a bit taxing as well, mate. I don't, um
0: at least you had built in you had built in entertainment I heard there was like sheep herders walking next to the cords. <laughs> yeah, we
2: uh mate, it was in the mountains, man. We were, I was playing a match and then this dude like just herded maybe a hundred sheep just past my court while I was trying to play. Um and I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> but um no, it was all right. It was actually like they had one really nice hotel there that kind of was on the top of the hill, and that's where they played the played the main draws. But um, yeah, the qualifying courts there was like there was two qualifying courts just in the town, and it was right next to a railway station. <laughs> and it was like you couldn't even see the lines on the court. There was like netball, I mean basketball lines there on the court is painted on the court as well. And, there was cracks everywhere on the court. It was just, oh, man, it was rough. How
0: did Gio fight through those elements?
2: Well, I think his results kind of said that for himself. I think he won <laughs> one match out of the three weeks and was losing his mind a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he battled too. One time one time, I asked him to warm me up for a match. I think it was like uh, in the third week he, he was out and he just. I asked him to warm me up. And by twenty minutes any racket has been held over the fence. <laughs> oh God, man, it
0: was so funny. <laughs> God, it's so funny.
2: Hmm.
0: Is that like the is that the craziest place you've kind of been for a tournament?
2: I'm um, <laughs> trying to think. Yeah, there's been probably I reckon because um, the other ones have been pretty nice. Uh, I played one in France with Andreas and Flo. Um, that was actually really nice, like near the beach. Um, during the <laughs> summer there, it was it was really nice. Um, and then... Yeah, I'm just... I played a few in Australia. Um, but yeah, I think that was probably the craziest place. Just, just by what happened going around, like there was, the town was just kind of deserted and then yeah, shaped down past your court and rabbit dogs and everything. And it's pretty, there's it a lot going on. Oh
0: God. Make, make your first ATP point memorable. You have any of that in uh
1: in the, in the juniors? Um, Fred, did you have any of that in the juniors when you're like any weird ass places you're playing?
0: God. Yeah. There's one place out in wild and wonderful West Virginia. Yeah it was at this it was at this high school and this guy he ran the tournament usually they only let you play like one age group singles and doubles but this guy like was wanted to be very open to everything and so I played like the 14 16s and 18s singles and doubles I was in like six draws but this guy he couldn't he couldn't run a tournament like you walk up and he's got a toupee on He's got like gunk in his eyes. that's like falling out of his eyes and he's got a megaphone and he's like, can everybody please come to the tournament desk? And you come to find out this guy was like the, he was the driver's ed teacher at this public high school in West Virginia. <laughs> like I would not get in a vehicle with that guy. But anyway, he, he ran this tournament and like, I, I played my first match of the day at 8 a.m. and I got off court at 1 a.m. at this like sketchy trailer park public courts. So there was two courts with like lights that were coming off the trailers. It was like the people at the trailer park like fixed these lights on so they could go on the tennis courts at night. And that's where we played the night matches. So I was playing the 18s the doubles with my friend Chris and we finished it maybe 1 a.m. and then we had to drive back to D.C. an hour and a half to come back at 8 a.m. the next morning to play. Jesus. So that was probably the biggest shit show of a tournament I've played. I, I can't think of any others. But, yeah, not nothing quite like West Virginia.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I've, um, I've noticed one thing, like – I don't know, Fred, if you've you've probably had it before, but like when you're playing these tournaments and you find like the futures and stuff and you find that people can be like betting on you as well. And then like you get all these fake accounts like send you messages on Instagram and stuff. I'd had a few of those before in the futures, but I had them even last week during the UTR. I couldn't believe it. No way. During during my second match, uh, I had I had like a dude sent me like 18 messages just a just a random account just abusing me and then the next day when i beat uh, um i had another dude abuse me for winning because he bet on the other guy (laughs) what am i doing (laughs) Uh, yeah some dude talking like portuguese and english and he was just abusing me for winning because my previous two days were terrible and he's put punted on this, put like all his life savings on the other guy to beat me. off I've won and he's absolutely cracked it at me.
0: Oh God. Yeah, that's insane. Oh, man. Man, people, I've, heard, I've heard stories about that.
1: Yeah, no, I've seen videos of people just like lurking in live betting at the event.
2: Yeah, no, we are uh, in, when I played Darwin last year, there were, there were cops outside of the, um, entrance because like there was dudes watching from the gates um and they didn't let them in and they were just like going nuts outside the gates watching all the points and stuff the cop there was like two cop cars pulled up and just had to like try and um keep them from coming in the entrance it was insane they just all lurk like around the sides of the courts and everything and watch it it's pretty Pretty nuts. You can just tell, like, you lose a point, you look over at them, they're just, like, chucking their phone or something.
0: <laughs> uh, people don't know how, like, intense some of these, like, tenant people bet on – yeah, the like, you weren't even playing a tournament that counted for anything, and people are betting on you to, to win. I
2: know. The first day, yeah, I got abused. I haven't played a tournament in, like, 11 months. So I was like, mate, what are you wanting to do <laughs>
1: Uh, it was
0: yeah. well thanks Jai yeah man no
2: worries guys I hope that was alright
0: I, I know the time difference is it's big it's big so appreciate you taking the time even though you're like three days ahead of us <laughs> how's Thanksgiving?
2: huh? how's <laughs> <That was> Thanksgiving? <laughs> Uh, good
0: man you'll enjoy it oh thanks cheers <laughs> thanks Joe I wish I was there I
2: wish I was there with you boys
0: alright well thanks guys thanks for tuning in this week um, we'll be back next week fire guest coming up so stay tuned follow us Instagram Twitter YouTube Facebook at Cole Wernicke <laughs> at Freddie Mesmer at Hoyas Tennis <laughs> We're out.